Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Stuart Mars and welcome to the Pocket Podcast. WhatsApp has announced an extension of its disappearing messages feature. Sent items in individual chats can now be set to expire after 24 hours or even 90 days. But what does it mean for users and how can you take advantage of the new feature yourself? Pocket Britta O'Boyle is here to tell us more. Meanwhile, I've been talking to the co-founder owner of Life Audio AV and RetroTouch Lighting. One's a smart lighting company, the other makes and sells in-ceiling speakers. But how do they go about the many challenges facing all of us in the smart home? Apocalypse Rick Henderson has been playing Halo Infinite on the Xbox to find out whether a year after the launch of the next-gen console, there's still a place in our heart for the Master Chief. But back to you, Britt. Tell us more about the new WhatsApp feature. So they've launched, um, well, they've extended their uh, disappearing messages feature, as you mentioned. Um, So now it goes, rather than just seven days, which is what it was originally when the feature first arrived, you can now choose between 24 hours, seven days and 90 days to select messages to disappear um, once that duration has ended. Um, So if you have a chat with someone, that message will go, whichever time you've set, that message will disappear as soon as that time is up. And why would I want to do this? I think it depends, really. It could be like bank details. You might not want those stored within the chat. So you could set it so that sensitive information um, is deleted. Or it might be that you just don't want a log of a chat, perhaps, um, with a certain person or all of all of your chats, actually, because the feature also means that you can set it as default across all of your chats, whereas originally you had to do it individually, which was a bit of a pain. Handy if you uh, if you need to say that you didn't go to a party that did exist, perhaps. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> now, so this is coming out now, or is it rolling out globally across the world over time? It's, yeah, it's rolling out now. So um, you'll need to update the WhatsApp app to be able to get it. And then you should be able to find it within settings, um, account, and then privacy. And there will be a default message timer option that you can then select between those three time options. Now, I know you like finding a good WhatsApp trick and, and stuff, and there's plenty of tips that you've written about online. How is this? Uh, how does this fare against other uh, messaging services? Is this <clears throat> something new that nobody else is doing, or is this kind of are they quite late to the game on this one? And they're a little bit late to the game. Signal's done it for a quite a long time, and Signal also has a lot more options when it comes to their disappearing messages options. So there's like four weeks, a week, a day, eight hours, one hour, five minutes, thirty seconds, or a custom time with them. So wow, you, that's quite you can, a lot. Yeah, there's quite a significantly more choice. Um, although that may not necessarily matter because ultimately, if you want it to disappear and you select twenty four hours, then a day might be long enough. Um, but yes quicker might be better depending on what you are chatting about I suppose and I know you've explained some of the the reasons for doing it and I've never really thought about the bank details one so that's quite a nice nice approach to it do you think that is this all good or do you think there's there's elements here for it to be kind of misused in a a nasty way uh I think it can I think it could be misused um genuinely I think it's good the only thing you do need to watch out for is that 
um, even if you have set up the disappearing messages option, um, you it doesn't protect you from like screenshots. It doesn't protect you from previews. So people can still screenshot a message and therefore there would still be evidence of it. Um, you also need to make sure that um, a backup, when, when a backup happens, um, the disappearing message could be backed up, although it will disappear afterwards. It also, um, if someone doesn't open WhatsApp for the duration that you've set, so if they haven't opened WhatsApp for 24 hours, that message would still appear when they open it. So technically it could be longer depending on the other. Ah, so it's, it's kind of 24 hours after they've opened it rather than 24 hours after you've sent it. Yes, yeah. So you do need to watch out for that. Um, screenshots especially though, because unlike Snapchat, WhatsApp doesn't tell you when something's been screenshotted. So you won't know. <laughs> and the final one, as I struggle with this, is that I've used so many different messaging apps and, and trying to work out and remember I've sent someone something, but which app I've sent it in and all the other stuff. And if you add to the extra layer of complexity of these apps are going to disappear, do I get a record of what I've sent to someone to keep for me or does it disappear my end as well? No, it disappears on both ends. So no one will once it's no gone. No one will remember where it is and they might be able to find it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so once it's gone, it's gone. There is also the update that comes with it. It's worth mentioning that you can actually now review voice messages before you send them, um, which is actually quite a good good little extra um, because I don't know if you use voice notes, but I use them sometimes and actually you could have been dragging on for like a minute and then your friend might not want to listen to that. So sometimes it's better if you've listened back to make sure that you're not just boring someone after death afterwards. Still to come, Rick gives us his verdict on Halo Infinite. But it also, again, it just adds a new level of fun to the game because if you have high platforms, you can now get up there really easily. You don't have to keep trying to get up there through double jumps. Amit Ravat and his business partner left kitchen appliance maker Duralit to set up Live Audio, an in-ceiling speaker company, and RetroTouch, a smart lighting company, in 2008, just at the start of the smart home boom. Now 13 years later and several firsts in the process, his lighting company has announced a new light switch for the UK market that works as part of the Philips Friends of You experience. I wanted to find out how the companies have managed to constantly adapt to the various connectivity options in the home and whether he believes we'll ever get to a situation where everything just connects together seamlessly. I started by asking what made him want to go into the home improvement industry in the first place. Um, really, I think obviously I spent the first half of my career at Julet doing designing, uh, well, marketing, graphic designing and all sorts of stuff around toasters, kettles and hmm. that world. And then... Uh, but all along that journey, I've always been interested in, you know, toys and tech, you know, from my Amstrad 64 to, you know, or Commodore 64 and the Amstrad, whatever the model was. But, yeah. you know, way back from then when we first started coding to, uh, you know, everything in between to now and, you know, home automation and home cinema, we've always been interested in uh, toys and tech all the way through and just got to a stage when we basically thought we could start our own company, give it a go, what are we going to do? Really, we want to do something that we're interested in. Um, started off with a touch light switch, which was uh, quite unique, um, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Mm. Um, um, to, you know, and over the, over the years just evolved and we just try to design and develop products which we would want in our homes or problems that we come across and then we just try to solve those problems. So it's, it's been 
it's been organic, I guess. Sure. Development. sure. So you started off in, in lighting and, and, and with switches and, and things like that. How do you go from making a light switch that's, you know, a touch sensitive light switch to suddenly jumping to speakers in the ceiling? So if you think about it, lighting control is all about the wiring in your home and the power circuits within your home. Um, and so we understand that world, you know, mm. in a, a, a very well. Um, and well, roughly about two, 2016, uh, both me and Wes, my business partner, we both actually moved houses about a very similar time. So we we're going through the process of renovating, you know, doing up our houses, become really and like we wanted in ceiling speakers at the time but you just you cannot physically do it because either the joists are running the wrong way running cables up to speakers especially on the ground floors is really really difficult um but it, obviously we know lighting circuits and we're just sitting there thinking you know you can actually why take a, a bluetooth or wi-fi speaker that's on a countertop or a floor standing speaker that technology and you know, repurpose that in a in a product which is for an in ceiling, you know, installation, um, and no one else had really thought of it, and we just thought, okay, that's the great idea, and it just sort of evolved from there. Um, turned out it was actually a fairly good idea, uh, and we t- turned it into a whole separate business. After. And so, how does is there is there a popularity there? Because obviously, we've seen you know home speakers, Alexa. Apple, you know, Google, all getting into this space in addition to the sort of traditional speaker companies. Everybody goes for a, a countertop experience. So what are the benefits that you get from going in ceiling? In ceiling, um, you get a much uh, more even coverage of audio throughout your space. Um, so, you know, with our, we have uh, Wi-Fi-based ones which are controlled using either AirPlay 2 or Google Chromecast, and you can create a multi-zone, multi-room system. So walking around your whole home um, and it's room-filling audio, it's not like a countertop speaker, uh, you know, it's coming from a fixed point in the room and coming at you, whereas from in the ceiling, it's, it's filling the room evenly. So, as you, you know, at ear level, it's consistent. Obviously, in... Uh, it's, it's, from a space point of view mm. you know it, they disappear they're discreet you don't even know they're there they're like um you know smoke alarms in, in your you have them in your home but in your mind's eye you forget they're even there you don't see them right. after it's the same things happen with ceiling speakers you don't even know they're there and that until you want to use them and do you see that with us all being at home over the last 18 months to two years that there's been a boom in in sort of home cinema we've certainly seen it on a streaming side of things you know lots of content to stream and, and services people are signing up for and stuff has that translated into people wanting to upgrade their their home cinema experience yeah well yeah absolutely so uh, you know we've seen we've been fairly lucky in the last um you know nearly two years of what we've been going through um, you know, people at home, they're spending more money doing up their homes, you know, putting, you know, either extensions or kitchens or bathrooms or home cinema, you know. Um, so we've benefited from that because people are, you know, most of our ceiling speakers end up in projects where people are renovating or putting a new kitchen in, new bathroom. We do have home cinema options as well with um, a new technology called Wiser, which is quite, uh, quite interesting. Um but that, you know, the popularity of it is, you know, we've definitely seen, you know, 
real double digit growth over the last uh, 18 months in, in in what we do anyway and and what do you think are the biggest challenges and problems because you know you put a speaker in you've got to try and work it with yet another system and then there's you know and how and then that's got to talk to your lights and that's got to talk to your doorbell and it's got to talk to you do you see that as a as a struggle still or do you think anybody's really cracked it um i think it's it's slowly getting there um obviously we have like the way we think is we're not building a locked in system in any way you know you don't just buy life audio and you have to keep buying life audio because that's not the way i live you know i want to be able to put ceiling speakers in rooms that i want ceiling speakers like my kitchen and my bathroom in my living room i may have a sound bar of another brand and in another room i might have a countertop speaker and the beauty you know we've in, um, integrated what well, with a we were the, or we still are the world's first um airplay 2 certified ceiling speaker and google chromecast built in speak uh, ceiling speaker as well and those ecosystems mean that you are not locking people in you can buy a one brand you know as long as it's got airplay 2 or google google uh, chromecast mm. built in you can do a multi-brand multi-room type system but going further than that you know um project matter is on the cards in yeah, you know, the thread and, and things like that and thread all of that and that will that's where i see as the game changer for the for the future of, uh, you know, Internet of Things, really, because th- that will unify the different brands, you know, Apple, Google, Amazon, Philips Hue, you know, Life Audio, all the others. And it means you can create a true home automation system that people imagine in their head they want, but is actually quite difficult to achieve at, at the moment. Now, one of your other projects, uh, companies, is uh, Retouch, Um and it's a lighting business. You've just launched a uh, a Philips Hue friendly light switch. Yep. Do you think that's is that what people? It, it seems that nobody's. There's lots of options for that in the US, but nobody's really offering it in the UK. Why? Why do you think that was? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest because it's a it's a huge problem uh, because you know you you think about it when you enter a room. Well, what what the issue? Let's go one step back. The the issue that um, in, any smart bulb um, type product would have is it's only smart as long as that bulb has got power to it. Hmm. Um, what used to happen in my house was, you know, I'd have all the lights on or the switches on so that the bulbs have got power and I can use them from the app, from voice, through the motion sensors, through um, uh, automation, through you know, all, all the usual stuff. Soon as somebody walks past and flicks that light switch off, all of that is dead. Like you cannot physically use it. So it's only smart as well as long as it's got power. Put us, you know, one of our um, smart, uh, you know, friends of you smart switches in, the, um, you have an always on Philips Hue uh, system then. And, and, you know, I've been living with this for a, pretty much a year now. And, and in my house, you know, Nine times out of ten, people just walk in and use the switch on the wall mm. to control it. Um, the voice and the app and all of that is great for setup and sometimes, but you know, just living with it, it is just so much more convenient when you walk into a room to flick the flick the switch, basically. And you see, that's like the first of many products. I mean, what's what's in store for the future in your mind? Yeah. So, as part of the uh, Friends of You program you know this is our first one so it's basically a a, a four button 
switch so you can set scenes and dim you know and you can program it however you like um but you can also use the switch um as part of apple HomeKit ecosystem um to control our speakers for example or other equipment um so that that's ongoing and development uh, on on that side then further down the line we'll have you know like uh, eight button switches mm. and we'll, you know integrate other you know maybe sockets and o- other home you know uh, control or power circuit equipment but different colorways lots of ideas it's just time and, and getting it through you know and on the speaker side where do you see the future going uh, for us, um, we see um, well. We see quite a lot of potential, and and, and frankly, where, where we're interested in, we want to build uh, a really, uh, really cool like home cinema setup in our home, but not for people that have a dedicated cinema room, because you've got to be fairly lucky to have a spare room uh, mm. and the cash. You know, to do it properly, it's quite. Um, you know, it's not the easiest thing sometimes. So, so we, we're focusing our efforts at the moment on developing uh, a, a true uh, home cinema setup, which you you know you could put in any living room, um, and it uses a technology called Wiser. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you've come across this, the WISA, mm-hmm. um, and and what that technology allows you to do is, is create a full high resolution, um, multi-channel, low latency. Um, uh, you know, full Dolby Atmos home cinema setup, but without the need of an AVR or without any speaker cable going to your speakers whatsoever. Um, it, uh, and it's, it, it, it's quite clever. You basically just need a, a product called a sound send. You plug in the HDMI, I, right. HDMI arc of your TV and it transmits the, the audio at, you know, full high res, basically. So we're going to use that technology um, to create uh, various different types of products and speakers to for the home cinema sphere. When Xbox unleashed the Xbox Series X and Series S last year, they were meant to be accompanied by its premier gaming franchise, Halo. Alas, things didn't go to plan, and so we've had to wait a bit, like a whole year a bit, before being able to play as Master Chief once more. So has the wait been worth it? Pocalence Rick Henderson has been battling his way through the new game to find out and is here to tell us more. So, Rick, good, bad, indifferent? Well, Halo Infinite is here, and it has been worth the wait. Good. Um, it comes in two parts, which was somewhat a surprise, but we, we found that out earlier this year. Uh, the first part to be released, which was released a few weeks ago, was is the multiplayer, which is available in beta and completely free to play. You don't have to purchase it. It's available to everyone. Um, cool. It's great fun, and it's very much old-school Halo multiplayer. Get arenas, brilliant laugh. You can go and check it out now. The main thing that I'll be talking about is Halo Infinite Campaign, which is a separate part of the game that is standalone. So if you purchase the game, that's the bit you're really purchasing. It's also available on Xbox Game Pass. Now, it's superb. <laughs> it's, well, that's, that's... The, that's the best way of describing it. It is absolutely brilliant. And the reasons being is that three, four industries took over from Bungie after Halo 3. It then did Halo 4 and Halo 5. But in my opinion, what it did with those games, it made them almost Call of Duty-esque, big set pieces, very linear. 
um, kind of left the original concept behind a little. Mm. This one goes back to the original. It really does. It feels like um, Halo Combat Evolved, which is the first game which came out on the original Xbox. It has um, such fluidity about it in the combat, and it just feels fun. That's the main thing that you get, the underlying thing. The plot is mainly hokum. It's sci-fi nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) um, And at times, bamboozling, you kind of go, I have no idea what's going on. But it really doesn't matter because every single section that you meet, you just giggle because there's there's such... And also, you genuinely giggle because there's also a lot of humour, which I think was missing in the last few games as well. Mm. But the big thing that 3-4 Industries has done with the game, as well as capturing the old-school feel of the actual gameplay and driving around in a warthog and the combat and picking up guns everywhere, is added two new elements. The first is an open-world setting. Zeta Halo, which has been partly destroyed, is now open-world. Oh, wow. So you, I kind of associate with Far Cry. It's not quite as, as uh, sort of like... Um, as complex as Far Cry, but you do get lots and lots of side missions, different rescue missions to go and rescue um, other colleagues and and soldiers who are trapped on the on the on the Halo, um, and those then um, help you beef up your character and beef up the the um, features that you can then use to do other missions. Um, plus, Master Chief, for the first time in a very long time, has got some new abilities. It's actually learned a new few tricks, and one of which is the grapple shot, which you actually start with, and that allows you to shoot almost Spider-Man-like a um, a grapple out of your wrist, hit something, and then you can fly up into the air or you can grab something and pull it towards you. So it's a bit like the web shooters. I was going to say, that sounds very Miles Morales. Really? But it also, it's, again, it just adds a new level of fun to the game because if you have high platforms, you can now get up there really easily you don't have to keep trying to get up there through double jumps and if you're in the sort of like the big expansive open world and i've seen people do this um you can shoot in uh, to the top of a tree and you can traverse massive distances just by keep shooting things um kind of like it, tarzan <laughs> yeah it's really funny and genuinely i mean that is that's really where halo infinite um, has it has found a, a brilliant swim lane is the fact that it is not po-faced like other first-person shooters have been recently. It's a bit more like Doom in that respect, but without all the graphic violence, it's a lot more silly, a lot more fun. And plot aside, it's easily the best game on the Xbox Series X to date. Well, there we go. High praise indeed. What I was going to ask, and it probably seems almost relevant now, is if you've played all the previous Halos, does this kind of feel like it's moved everything on forward, or is it? Is there a little element of more of the same? It gloriously moves a little bit backwards, and that's to its benefit because the uh, the, the the bungee years of Halo were fantastic. Yeah, certainly for Halos one and two, and I do I have felt over the years that something was a little bit lost purely because of times had moved on and the bigger games were sort of like more cinematic and movie-like. So that's where three, four industries went with its versions of Halos to date. But this one kind of goes back to, hey, it's a game. Um, The other thing I I must stress as well for um, more tech fans is that if you have a 120 hertz TV, um, this this actually has a 120 hertz mode. 
that uh, certainly on the Xbox Series X version, that really looks fantastic. It does drop the resolution, but the, I mean, it's so smooth. It's incredible. But even if you don't want to drop the resolution, you can play it in 4K 60 hertz. So you're still getting an incredible experience. It's is, it is genuinely, they have done a great job. It was delayed by a year, but you can see every single reason why it was delayed. Yeah, and it probably then doesn't suffer from the same issues that we had like with Cyberpunk yeah. last year, um, you know, being incredibly if, buggy. If only all developers took note. Yeah, That's the thing is if it's not ready yet, don't be scared of delaying the product. You might get a few Twitter flames, but my my lord, this is proof positive of why you should take your time and only release it when it's ready. And so the final question is, if you have been playing the multiplayer version, obviously this gives you the campaign. You don't need to play one to the other. There's no kind of, it's not like a Marvel Cinematic Universe where you'll only be able to solve puzzles if you've been playing the other one. No, not at all. Um, if you're only a fan of multiplayer, then then you're you're good to go. There will be paid content, like you can you can buy certain things through the store to improve your character look and skins and things like that, a bit Fortnite esque. Um, but it is completely free to play, and you can just do that if you don't want to play the campaign. Don't have to buy buy it. If you do want to buy the campaign, you get the multiplayer for free anyway. So yeah. so it's up to you then whether or not you want to play the multiplayer. But it's perhaps it lacks a co-op mode but that's really picking at straws i mean really is well that's it for this week's show thanks for listening until next time pip pip even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.